This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the county result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to the Scarf Pagara War. For county fans. By county fans. Oh, great flick up by Alan Armstrong. Welcome to the Scarf Bagara War. Um, today's bonus episode is with um, our next opposition in the FA Cup third round, and it's West Ham United, the one we've all been waiting for since the draw took place. Um, and I'm delighted to have with me uh, Graham and Gordon from Knees Up Mother Brown. Hi, hi gents. Evening. Hiya. How are you doing, Russell? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Please call me Russ. That's, Russ. Uh, Russell is, Russell's my oh, Sunday Russ. name. <laughs> right. <laughs> Russell. Um, so I, I, to kick off then, um, knees up, Mother Brown. Where I, you know I've never heard of that in terms of a West Ham connection. I've all, always ever heard of Bubbles. So, um, so yeah, do you want to explain where, where that came from? Okay, okay, no worries. Well, the the site um, going back even for I mean we could go back as far as um, kind of Queen Victoria's era if you like, <laughs> if you want to talk about knees up, Mother Brown, because we've actually done uh, quite some extensive research into the history of the song. I'm, I'm sure you're aware of the song, Russ, right? You, you know the, the Knees Up Mother Brown song? I, I've heard of the song, yes. Okay, I can't say okay. that I'm of an age that, that probably listened to it when it came out. I don't know. I don't well, think you, so. I, th- <laughs> I think you'd have to be about 170 if, if you were by now. So that, oh, right, okay. That it's an old Victorian musical type song, you know. You think of that era. Right. So how does that relate to... Go on, then. You, you tell me the story. So so, so the story goes that for many, many years on the terraces at West Ham, because it's kind of, as, as Gordon says, a Victorian musical song um, steeped in sort of, you know, East End London history, that sort of thing. It was something that was sung regularly on the terraces at uh, West Ham matches and quite frequently, more often than not, at away games. Uh, and especially when we were doing particularly well because it's quite, you know, it's quite a jaunty, uplifting sort of... Um, number so uh, you know it, it, whereas Bubbles is quite a sort of mournful rendition of, of uh, you know a, a sort of hopeful um, kind of uh, look look to, to the future these up Mother Brown is more sort of a, a, an, an instantaneous uh, joyful celebration of what's happening right now and so this was sung for many many years on the terraces 
at uh, West Ham. Gordon, have you got any idea when it first began? Um, I, I, my first game at the bowling was 1968, and I, I remember it being sung there. But, um, yeah, having sort of been brought up in, in Plasto, just up the road and all that, it was... It, it was sung, it was being sung at, at, at knees ups, if you like, at parties even in the sixties. You know, I remember grown ups singing it. So um, you know, it, it it just seemed sort of natural. It kind of seemed to die a death a little bit, really. Though I can't remember the last time yeah. I heard it being sung. Well, I can tell you exactly when the last time it was sung because it was at the uh, without sort of going uh, off on a tangent too much. It was the it was the playoff semi final against Ipswich, the the, uh, the championship playoff final in yeah. was it two thousand and five? Golden, I think it was. Uh, we, we we always played it switching the playoff semi-finals didn't we but yeah yeah it, it was the first no actually it was the first one so yeah 04 03 04 it would have been but anyway so may 2004 yeah. last time it was sung by west ham notably on the on the terraces at uh up to bar but anyway so um coming back to the story russ if you're still awake um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, the song was so it goes back many many years it's an east end tradition and when uh, I was looking for a name for the website in the mid to late 1990s, when we first went online, I was looking for something that was particularly unique for West Ham. And so at the time, as Gordon says, the song was still quite frequently being heard on the terraces. So it seemed a perfect fit for a, a fan site uh, that was uh, coming out at the time. I mean, we were, we were essentially one of the first online versions of the old fanzines, you know, so we had a very popular fanzine called Overland and Sea. And so, you know, four words, knees up, mother Brown, Overland and Sea, it seemed to quit, uh, to, to fit quite well. So yeah. So there's, there's the long winded version of what knees up, mother Brown is and how we became to be called thus. There you go. No, that's that's well, that's all we've got time like. for this evening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's usually you that's rambling on for hours, not me, Gordon. Anyway, it's, it's, it's <laughs> no, it's quite it's quite it's quite a good story because it, it, it it's not like you've just done a, a simple you know West Ham podcast or you know West Ham you know whatever you know a really simple thing. Ours is much the same. So we we uh, we have a song on the terraces called "The Scarf My Father Wore." Um, and that's, I think it's an old religious song, actually. Um, and, you know, we sing, we sing it not knowing the religious connotations, but we sing <laughs> the scarf my father wore and changed all the words. And yeah. our our one of our most famous managers was Danny Begara. I don't know if you yep. know the name. Yeah, um, I, I know an awful lot about Danny Begara since I looked at Wikipedia about an hour ago. I can oh, tell yeah, you everything yeah. you've got me to <laughs> Very, very famous. And of course, we know him very well. Yeah, well, I mean, the most notable thing is he's the, he was the first foreign manager to lead an English team out at Wembley uh, with, with Stockport County in the, in the 90s. But there you go. So so he's he's sort of, the, you know, the Scarf Begara war. So that's, how, that's kind of where, where ours come from. So we, we opted against... Um, doing something simple so you know it's a really good really good story i like it i like uh, i like the name um going i mean the reason we're here is obviously to talk about the cup draw um talk about monday night should it go ahead we're all sort of fingers crossed toes crossed that it goes ahead um what were your first thoughts when you drew out county now i did watch your video when you were doing the live FA Cup draw. So I, I, I saw your reactions, but do you want to take us through that, how you felt when you when you, when you drew out County? Uh, I think we all said Gordon. two words, didn't we? Ian Dowie. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 literally, as soon as Stockport comes out, I mean, even if we weren't drawn against you, it would have been, you know, if somebody says Stockport County, you, you, you'd get the reaction from the Hammers, head in hands, 
and um, Al Gould, Ian Dowie sort of thing. So, um, um, yeah, uh, it, it, another opportunity for us to display our usual frailty against um, uh, opposition from lower divisions, I suppose, was the uh, <laughs> it was my other thought about other than Ian Dowie. Um, don't know about you, Graham, but... Uh... Yeah, absolutely. We, our, uh, You know, we, we've had many nightmares over the years, Russ, uh, with... Uh, as you're probably aware, at West Ham. And in fact, it was the, the 50th anniversary of one of our most famous um, capitulations, Gordon, was it not? Uh, just a, a few days ago when we went to uh, Blackpool in 1970 oh, yeah, for, yeah. for an FA Cup tie <laughs> against... Uh, to be fair, Blackpool were a, were a Division One side at the time, but um, Russ, you're probably not aware of the story, but uh, it was a time which uh, Bobby Moore, and uh, Jimmy Greaves, players like that played. And on the Friday night, um, they went on the piss to Brian London's club at, uh, in Blackpool. And uh, the following down the Saturday, we were smashed 4-0. And it actually almost led to Bobby Moore getting fired by West Ham. Um, Ron Greenwood was that upset, the manager. Ron Greenwood was that upset with him at the time. He, he, he wanted to fire Moore, Greaves and a couple of other players, Clyde Best, Brian Deer being the others. Um, but uh, the club refused to let them. But yeah, so, I mean, we've had many, many dreadful cup results uh, going back more than, as we say, 50 years. So uh, we're, we're not really uh, too expectant uh, for Monday night. Well, you've, you've never gone out to a team in the fifth tier, though, surely? Have you? Not yet. No, we, we've given yeah. it a go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll do, your, you'll do your best on Monday night, I'm sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, Golden, what about uh, Emily? What, uh, what, let, what uh, tier were Emily in when we played them? In '97, that was about the eighth tier, weren't they? Uh, I can't remember. It was it was outside the football league, and I can't remember how far down it was. But um, I mean, we we beat them in the end, didn't we? I think it was. Um, uh, I, I, I really can't remember the result. It was, um, but it was two one, wasn't it? Wasn't, wasn't it, it? A, a late winner? I think we scored the winning goal. Yeah, I think it was two one, um, and we scored the winning goal in the final. Who was that against? Yeah. Who, who was that? Em- Emily Town. Emily Town. No, so that that must be further down than where we are. So I haven't even heard of them. <laughs> you, I'm going to find out where they are actually while you carry on talking. So, are, are you aware about? Are you aware of anything about where we are currently and our and our current situation, or or do you want me to talk you through that so you so we can have a chin wag uh, about that? I've done a bit of research, um, and um, just a thought occurred to me. Um, and uh, just looking at your your team, one question I was going to ask you is. Um, because uh, you, you were due to play Eastley last night and um, they yes. had COVID issues. Um, your centre-half, is it um, Palmer? He was due to miss yes. that through suspension. Will, will that mean he misses out on this one? I think it does, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I think uh, it does. So, That's um, good news for you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it's somebody else coming in and making a name. <laughs> yeah, but, the 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 other the other key player that we've probably got that you'll know or you'll know his brother is uh, we've got John Rooney, who is Wayne's younger brother, Mickey, wasn't it? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, that that well, that's an interesting. A little bit of research has been done. Um, it was interesting because he came in the start of this season, having scored a fair wedge of goals for for Barrow, wasn't it last year? Yes, and, yeah. Um, yeah, it just seems strange that, that Barrow, having got back into the football league after so many zillion years, um, that that he didn't go up with them. Um, yeah, you know, there's some sort of odd contractual reason for that. Do you know? Or? No, no, it wasn't. It's not. It wasn't an odd contractual reason. The, the reason for that is um, 
we've in January last year we was um, taken over by a wealthy businessman. Yeah. So we we have come into a lot of money, um, and and our new chairman or our new owner wants to be in the championship within seven years. Um. So we in pre season. Um, as Barrow went up, we offered. Well, we we think it's a lot of money. It must be because he came down. And he dropped a division to come to us. Uh, we offered John Rooney a three-year contract to, to sign for us. So that's the reason. It's it's down to money basically, and us wanting to buy our way out of this league. And who's the money man, Russ? Is that Stott or Richard Park? Uh, that is Stott. Mark Stott. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's a um, he's a local businessman from from just down the road in Poynton, If you've ever yeah. heard of that place, and yeah, he's worth. I've heard different. I've heard, I've heard different different values. I've heard three hundred million. I've heard eight hundred million. But he's he's worth a lot anyway. Um, all the ground's been done up. Uh, we've got a new training ground. Um, we've bought all these new players. He wants to be in the championship within seven years. So that kind of contributes to Monday night in that. You know, I know we're fourth in the league and we're we're, we're playing okay, um, but it's not like you're playing a team that are, um, you know, near the bottom or just a, a normal non-league team, if 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 that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is West Ham, so yeah, it adds to the worry when when the team that you're playing is actually doing well in whatever league they're doing as well, because you obviously got a bit <laughs> of momentum going there. Was it fourth at the moment? Yeah, fourth with games in hand as well. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're not selling ourselves here, are we? <laughs> um, no, well, that's, that, this is. I mean, that's what I wanted to get into into with you. I mean, I, I, I not appeared. Well, suppose I, I did appear because it was on Zoom. On uh, we are we are West Ham podcast earlier in the week. Um, I don't know if you know them. I, I did notice that West Ham have a lot of podcasts and a lot of fan groups, whereas. We're kind of the only one for us, maybe one other, <laughs> because of the size of the club. Yeah, what I did, what I get into was things like how will how will we, how will your guys set up? Will you will you play a weekend team? You know, will Moyes bring a weekend team, or you know what what will he do? I've heard that Noble might get a chance and possibly Snodgrass. Although I heard that Snodgrass today might be moving on. Yeah, um, um, it, difficult to say, but I think that there will be changes. Um, uh, yeah, we've been shepherding Antonio back for the last um, couple of matches. Um, it, 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 you might see him come on as a sub to give him a, another sort of 30, 30 40 minutes maybe. Um, yeah, because he, he's had two games since his um, return, one 15 minutes, one 30 minutes. So um, you might see him around at some stage. Um I'd, I'd expect there to be changes in defence. Um, uh, Diop hasn't been playing at all of late and it wouldn't be a big surprise to me to see him turn out, which um, might be an advantage to you because um, uh, these games are all about attitude. And I think Diop, mm. Diop is one player who's uh, who, who it might worry me as to his attitude in a game like this. Um there's also, and I can never pronounce the guy's name, Graham, the young striker that they've been looking at playing for the um, development side. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I, I was going to say Silver, name, but if you um, can't pronounce that, then... Uh, no, the other guy, Odie... 
I need to look up the spelling before I can give it a, a chance. But uh, yeah, carry on without me. I'll, I'll dig his name out. <laughs> well, listen, knowing knowing that it's uh, a January transfer window, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Peter Oden winging. <laughs> yeah. um, the uh, just for the record, Russ, uh, just going back to something we were talking about a few moments ago, Emily. Emily, yeah. Emily, Emily, <laughs> Emily AFC. We, we beat them 2-1. It was the 3rd of January 1998. West Ham beat Emily 2-1 at uh, the bowling ground. Frank Lampard opened the scoring after four minutes. Paul David equalised for the visitors. They then gave us a torrid old time and were threatening to score two or three. And then John Hartson scored the winning goal with eight minutes to go. So there you go. And Emily now, I understand, are playing in the Northern Counties East League Division 1. Wow. So that's quite, that's fairly down. That's, I mean, that must be three yeah. divisions below the, the, the National South, I would guess, or two mm. divisions below the National South. Yeah, well, I don't think they were particularly high when we played them, but we, we've had a couple of games like that over the years anyway. But um, going back to your, your most recent question, yes, I mean, I also, I agree with Gordon. I think we'll be playing a lot of um, uh, fringe players. Although, to be fair, West Ham don't have a lot of fringe players. Uh, you're right with regards to Rob Snodgrass. It looks like, He's going to West Brom. He's in talks with Sam Allardyce at the moment, who is an absolutely perfect fit for a player like that. <laughs> really good club servant, actually, Rob Snodgrass. Been fantastic at West Ham, both on and off the field. But, yeah, Mark Noble, I'm sure we'll play. It's a Diop, I'm sure we'll get a game. And we'll see a couple of other sort of players who are in and out of the squad um, come on, which which might be good for you because, we, you know, we're talking about players like um, Andre Yarmolenko, who's a great player on his day, but can he do it in Stockport on a Monday night? Remain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 old adage. Um, just yeah. pause for a second. I think we've got Dave with us. Dave, are you there, mate? Hi, mate. Yeah, yeah. At last. Okay, so it sounds like um, a team, not not the first team, is going to is going to start. Actually, Antonio. For some reason, I was I was in not not for some reason I was in Stockport. Cause obviously, I live here, but um, I was I was <laughs> uh, doing some goalkeeping coaching where I normally do that. And for some reason, um, Antonio, what's his name? Michael, is it Michael Antonio? What's his name? Mikhail. Well, Mikhail. This, this is a kind of uh, contentious issue, actually. He, he used to be known as Michael. Then at some point during his rise up, uh, to, rise to prominence as a Premier League footballer, his name became Mikhail. Um, right, but okay. anyone, anyone who knew, knew him from his from his youth days knew him as <laughs> Michael. So it's one of those, right. you know, a bit like uh, Andre Mariner, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, soon, as soon as you make it in the Premier League, yeah, you have to you have to pronounce your name, don't you? Well, you can't, just, you can't yeah. just be a normal name anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't got a double-barreled name because that seems to be quite on vogue at the moment in the Premier. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I thought I lost everything there for a second. Sorry, the young the young forward that is being talked up, which um, uh, it's been suggested that he may play some part, whether it be as a starter from the bench. Uh, and um, I apologise profusely to his family. For, the, for my attempted pronunciation, but he's, a, he's Ademipo Udubeko. And I keep wanting to add an N into that to make it Benko for some reason, but Udubeko. Um, there's been a lot of talk, you know, um, little hints on the websites and things like that, that, um, uh, you know, that, that um, I understand Moyes had a look at him playing for the, uh, the uh, I think, the under-23s recently. Um, so, so you might see him um, getting a run out. So... Yeah, at the one end, you've got somebody there who'd be very, very keen to make an impression. And um, at the other end, um, you might have Diop in defence, who's um, uh, you know, hasn't been getting a game and probably isn't that happy for it. Um, you know, um, it'd be interesting to see how we pair up in the in the back four, because recently we've been giving time to 
Craig Dawson, who we've got on loan from Watford. And um, there's, there's a player that I wouldn't, wouldn't accuse of um, having an attitude problem at any stage. I think he'd, um, he'd treat it as if it were Champions League Cup final. Uh, so um, yeah, there'll be an interesting mix there. Sounds interesting. It does. It does. Especially when, I mean, we're going to play our full, well, what, what, you know, what is our best team, aren't we? Dave? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, we're, 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 we're going to enter this looking to, looking to cause an upset. That's, and that's why the cameras are going to be there, obviously. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, strongest, strongest team available, won't it? Um, barring, um, I think Palmer's ban, is that ended now? No, we, um, God it mentioned have, that at the top. I don't think. Yeah, it, it would have done, wouldn't it? If we'd played on, on whichever day it was, if we played Eastleigh Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it'd be strongest, strongest team available anyway. I think had it been two yellows, it would have been all right. But it was a straight red, wasn't he, got Palmer? Yes. Of course, you do have one advantage as well, in, in that I understand that Mike Dean is refereeing, so, you know, all bets are off with him. <laughs> well, it can't be any worse than we've got, than we get in the, in the, in the National League, let's put it that way, or the National North, for that, for that matter. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, you, th- you think the referees are bad in, uh, in the Premier League? <laughs> it's an absolute nightmare down where we are. Um, so in in terms of setups, then we we tend to go with uh, three at the back or a back five with the with the with the wingers playing high, um, and then uh, a number ten role either with one up top or two up top. How how, how do West Ham normally normally sort of set up? Yeah, it's uh, it's very similar actually. Uh, David Boyes' preferred formation. He he likes to go with five at the back. It actually paid great dividends for us earlier in the season when he changed the formation around. We were kind of prevented from doing that uh, in recent weeks because our fullback Arthur Masuaku had a an operation so um we've been kind of playing a back four uh, a bit and sort of you know try to fit uh, square pegs in round holes by putting someone mm-hmm. else uh, on the left side um but uh, yeah so very very similar one up top um you know two wide men uh, someone in the hole behind which will either be Manuel Lanzini or possibly Pablo Fornells or even Said Ben Rama who's another player I don't know if you're aware of, came in from Brentford yeah. uh, rather dubiously on loan <laughs> at, uh, at the start of the season, even though he was uh, a £25 million rated player. Um, but uh, he's, you know, he's sort of just started coming into the first team picture and uh, I think he might possibly get a start on uh, Monday night. But yeah, very similar in terms of the setup. So if, when you say Ben Rama, uh, the, lad for, the lad from Brentford, £25 million, is he is he still on loan at your place then or is he is he signed? Yeah. Since or well, yeah, he's on a season-long loan, but with a, um, it's like a compulsory, a compulsory purchase order, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the club have to buy him for twenty-five yeah, million at the end of the year. To buy. Um, yes, yeah, an obligation. That's how they worded it, wasn't it? An obligation to purchase. So it, it's it's another one of those deals that our chairman is quite fond of doing, which are, you know, a little bit left field, shall we say. Um, but uh, David Moyes has been very, very careful in terms of introducing him to the to the team. Uh, we understand that it was a Sullivan <laughs> choice, and not particularly someone Moyes wanted to bring into the team. Again, something that you get at West Ham is the chairman's uh, interference in transfers. We could be here all night talking about that, but uh, yeah. Moyes essentially wanted a centre-half, and the chairman bought him uh, a number 10. So, uh, 
Yeah, why he's not been playing all that much. You'll probably get used to this, of course, with your with your wealthy chairman. Um, you know, <laughs> probably wanting to probably wanting to have his say. Um, you know, when uh, when uh, you you start to doing particularly well, but um, yeah, it's it's that's one of them things, isn't it? You know, but uh, yeah, I, I expect to see him in there as well. It's just a strange one, isn't it? Because Ollie Watkins and Ben Rama, they were. They were on fire last season for Brentford, weren't they? Ollie Watkins goes to Villa, picks up where he left off, and Ben Rama sort of gets a loan move to West Ham, and you know, on one of these try before you buy sort of schemes, it seems. Um, because <laughs> Brentford have got a Brentford have got a good history recently, haven't they? Well, a good recent history, should I say, of of, of getting these uh, players, these rough diamonds, and, and then selling them on for quite a lot of money. They've they've got a good. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly what they're doing down there, but it's, it seems to be working for them. They have a very scientific approach to um, uh, bringing in players. Um, they, they really go to town. They do their homework um, before players arrive, and um, it's a little bit like Southampton, um, who, who have in the past um, had various sort of. Um, it's almost like Moneyball with sort of um, you know, computer. Yeah. Yeah, analysis of yeah, players yeah. To, to see not only if they're good, but but whether or not they actually fit in with the uh, with, with, with the club and w- would actually bring something to the club. I think that's something in the past we've signed players on reputation, sort of um, with no real thought about how they're going to fit in and whether or not their arrival will, will suit our our team. So. Um, Something to be learned there, I think. Yeah, I think I think a lot of clubs are guilty of that, aren't they? Um, especially at the top level where you are, because the, the, everyone's hungry for success or or to stay in the Premier League. The, the, there's a lot more risks and gambles taken, I think, especially with the money that's being thrown about. Okay, I wanted to move on to um, on to sort of like past matches that we've that we've had together. Um, oh, here we go. Yeah, well, I, I, I did. I, I, we, we, we had to talk about it, didn't we? We had to. Um, I was told a stat the other day by uh, one of your fellow podcasts that uh, we'd played each other overall, and, and I suppose I could look this up, but I haven't. Uh, I think we played each other overall seven times, I think, and County have actually won four of those. I don't know how true that is, uh, but obviously the most recent time we played each other was that, that you know, that uh, coca-cola cup as it was then back in 1996 um i just wanted to go through it with you what do you do you was you there did you come to county for that did you come to wedgley park what was your memories of the game and i know we all we, you know we'll, we'll talk about the ian dowie goal i'm sure well i i didn't go i didn't travel to the game and, and i'm quite thankful i didn't <laughs> tried in the end of the although it all started so well for us uh, going back to to that stat actually russ i think we played each other 14 times in total uh 14 Stockport have won seven to West Ham's four, and there's been three draws. And interestingly, perhaps, we've never won at Edgley Park. There's been seven matches between the two clubs. Stockport have won six, and the only one that ended in a draw was a, a goalless uh, affair in uh, September 1937. So if West Ham are going to win, they've got to break, uh, you know, 100 and whatever it is. When was the first game? 1920, a 101-year-old record. Um, but as for the most recent meeting, that uh, that game in 1996, I was watching it on TV. Uh, it was when Sky was sort of relatively new, wasn't it? And they were covering yeah. a lot of covers. Yeah. And, you know, we were we were all, we scored that early goal. And um, I was thinking, you know, here we go. This this is all good. And then, uh, interestingly, Brett Angel, who was a player that I used to watch at South End uh, quite a mm. bit. Very, very good striker. Scored the equaliser, didn't he, I think? And then 
of course, or was it the other way around? Actually, was it was no. it Dowie who scored first? Yeah, Dowie scored the equaliser. Yeah. Of course, it was. Yeah, Angel got yeah. the winner. There was yeah. like three yeah. goals yeah. within about five minutes, wasn't there? Um, um, but uh, yeah, so we knew a lot about. I, oh, I, yeah, sorry, I was just saying. We we as West Ham supporters, we often we often say that that was the greatest goal Ian Dowie ever scored for the club. I mean, he wasn't <laughs> as as Gordon will tell you, he wasn't the most proficient striker in uh, in Claret and Blue. And, you know, that was, I mean, let's be honest, it was a bullet of a header. It was a fantastic finish, wasn't it? What a goal, just at the wrong end. Yeah, I don't think, has, has anybody ever asked him, as he, as he said in, in, in an interview, what was going through his mind and what, 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 was, what was he trying to actually do? Has anybody ever asked him that since? No, I've never heard anybody. Um, uh, I mean, he's a big lad and I, I've never seen anybody <laughs> brave enough to sort of mention it. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I mean, I mean, it, 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 his, his day didn't get any better because he didn't actually last out the half. Um, he, he, he got a knock on his ankle, which which um, swelled up. And um, uh, when he when he turned up for training the next day, hobbling in, um, they had a look at it, X-rayed it. He'd broken his ankle as well. So um, yeah, you, 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 you can imagine him getting home that evening and um, you know, the usual question. So I had it go, love, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, apart from that, <laughs> as it happened, I, I, yeah, I listened to yeah. it on the on the radio because um, I was stuck indoors having just had a knee operation. So, um, yeah, travelling to Stockport, um, what wasn't on the cards for me, unfortunately, on the crutches. But uh, um, so it was. It, I'm glad I didn't have the Sky at the time. I think um, on on the whole, having seen the goal. Um, <laughs> But I think they used to sort of put up the goals, didn't they, on the news at the news at ten or something like that in in the old days or you know, mm-hmm. London news. They say oh, West Ham went out of stock, and they they showed it then. I thought, you know, that's got to be faked. Yeah, you know, I can't believe anybody's done that. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was a it was a great night though. It was a great night, for, obviously from our point of view, it, it really was. It was uh, just. One of those sort of classic cup nights under the floodlights. It was peeing down. It was the ground was full, and yeah, it was su- such a great night. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I just took another wad of papers and went to bed. So. <laughs> if you, I mean, if just thinking about the match overall, I remember Harry Redknapp was the manager, and looking at your team, you had you know Julian Dix, um, you had Florian Radicayu, who for some reason went shopping that day, so didn't turn up. So before the match, I mean, we we were counting yeah, our lucky stars. That's that we one were of the little stories I think you'll find. Um, um, you, you know, is um, uh, Raddy Choi? You later denied that was ever the case, and um, you just get the impression that you know, whenever you hear these little stories from Redknapp, um, sometimes they're about as accurate as his tax returns are. I think that might have been one of them, to be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Raddy Troy swears to this day that, that 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 wasn't the case, and he was he was told he wasn't required for the day, and um, and, and so you know you pay your money, you take your choice, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we, that was the furthest we'd ever been. Well, once we'd won that, that was the furthest we'd ever been in a cup in a major cup competition. So we were we were pretty pleased with ourselves. But yeah, I mean, the Ian Dowie goal. Then I know you said before about it's synonymous with with West Ham fans is that I mean how how synonymous is it because at, at Stockport at County um, I mean we almost have like like a national Ian Dowie day just before Christmas well I mean as, as I said earlier it just um, kind of what's it, what's it's it like? just what's one it of like many horrendous cup defeats for West Ham against lower league opposition over the years so you know from that perspective it, it's just kind of 
part of this this horrible history that the club has, as I said, going back to 1970, and, and in fact, even earlier than that. I think Mansfield was before that. But, uh, you know, but I mean, it, as I say, it really is whenever anyone mentions Ian Dowie and talks about the goals he scored for West Ham, that, that goal is the one that everyone remembers. I, I, I actually couldn't tell you, or couldn't recall, I couldn't tell you about a goal he scored at the, at the right end for West Ham. I'm thinking about it now. Not, not, I'm sure there, you know, I'm sure there was the odd belt that he scored, but I think Gordon, he went, he almost did a Radford, didn't he? He almost did a John Radford and went the whole season without scoring in the Premiership, as it was at the time, if I remember rightly. But does, does that goal sort of just eclipse everything else that he did? Well, that's all he did. He didn't do anything else. That, I think that's the point I'm making. Obviously, he played for you and contributed. He played for you and contributed, but um, and he must have done some good stuff. He, he must he must have done some good stuff, or maybe scored at the right end. But you just can't remember it because there's just a massive black blob over his over his uh, his West Ham career because of that goal. Well, to be fair, it was the early nineties when he was here at his first spell, and I was spending a lot of nights out at the time. On Dowie, you know, as as I was saying, to he wasn't particularly proficient as a striker, as we've established already. But um, to kind of rub salt into the wound, we met him at uh, Cardiff at the Millennium Stadium a few years later when he was manager of Crystal Palace, and they right. they beat us in the uh, the, the playoff final. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, they came with that year. I think it was his first year in management, and and they they won something like nine of their last ten games to get to the playoffs. And uh, we played them at Cardiff. And Neil Shipley, Neil Shipley, who is one of the most unfit people you've ever seen in your life now, used to be a professional footballer, absolutely, absolute giant of a man, enormous now, scored the winning yeah. goal. And uh, yeah, so so that was Ian Dowie's career really summed up in two games for West Ham. He, he scored the goal, <laughs> got an own goal that knocked us out of the League Cup against, uh, against County. And then, you know, came back to haunt us, whatever it was, eight or nine years later as manager of Palace. Thanks, Ian. Thank you for everything you've done for the club. I mean, I know, I know it's not. I know we're not doing a podcast about Ian Dowie, uh, but <laughs> he, had a, he had he had quite a decent managerial career after that, didn't he? Because I remember he took over at Oldham and nearly got them into the championship, which is that's that's takes some doing. Um, and and obviously he did create the word that's now in the in the Oxford Dictionary, which is bounce back ability. So he's got some kudos, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, actually, yeah, managerially, he had a he had a reasonably decent career for the short spell he was involved in it, and you know, he, mm. he did, as I say, he was fantastic at Palace that first year. But uh, yeah, I mean, as far as West Ham are concerned, we kind of you know, you know, it was like that sort of strike. I mean, I think everybody, everybody, every club's got one that you look back at their history and you think, you know, that was just terrible, <laughs> which is dreadful. I mean, I don't know who's who's county's equivalent. Who do you look back at? at their time in the in the team and just think you know why did we bother there, there must be an equipment I've, I've, yeah I've, I've got one but go on Dave what's your who's yours <laughs> anyone in the last so, so between 2010 and 2014 anybody in in those teams um, I'm thinking one one that stands Adam out Adam Chirac maybe why do we bother Ben Burgess, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ken that's Charlery for me. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking for Ben Burgess. Do you remember for Ken me? That's yeah. not the guy who was at Orient, is it? Okay, yeah, he might have been. He was. He was at. Pe- he was at Peterborough as well. Yeah. for a long time. Yes, yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, he scored. He, what he did, he scored yeah. bags full of goals. For, bags full of goals for Peterborough. Exactly, he scored bags full of goals for Peterborough. Scored past us in at Wembley. Don't mention. Uh, don't then, mention it. 
when when we were near enough getting promoted into the championship as it was, oh. then, we signed him, you know, <laughs> to, to see us over the line. Couldn't hit a fucking barn door. It was <laughs> it was embarrassing. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I think we got him from Brentford. I think so. Just quickly, then, while Dave, does that you've been going since what ninety seven? Is that right? Uh, the way, yeah, KUMBAs. Yeah, we started in summer of nineteen ninety seven. Uh, I was uh, yeah, I was looking for a project to get involved in to get into web design, and, and that was it. So yeah, twenty four years. Yeah. When we were we're six years, we're into our seventh year this month. Um, but. Were, were you were you guys around when uh, that infamous last meeting between the two clubs took place? I, yeah, I, I was there. Yeah, as a fifteen-year-old. Oh, okay. Yeah. So some fantastic memories yeah. you must have had of that. Did you did you get drunk that night, or were you still too young at fifteen to? I was too young. Dave might have been just about old enough. <laughs> I, I was I was too busy. I was too busy drying out after <laughs> running around on the pitch at the end. <laughs> You know, there's a blast from the past. Being able to run around on the pitch, yeah. full stop. You get banned from the the uh, the Olympic Stadium now if you do that. Okay, so let's uh, let's wrap it up. Five, final thing then: um, predictions for the match on Monday. Um, Graham, what do you? How do you think it's? How do you see it going down? Against my better judgment, I think West Ham will probably win it two or three nil. Uh, I, I, I actually, I, I hope West Ham will win it two or three nil. I, I wouldn't like to, to to say what I think, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll plump for a West Ham win and, and uh, passage through to the fourth round. Okay, fair enough. Gordon, what about you? Uh, I think we'll win, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere near um, as comfortable as Graham suggests. Um, I'll plump for us winning two one and um, su- surviving it because um, yeah, you'll have your first team out. You'll be going for it. And we may have one or two players not perhaps at the races, but I, th- I think we will prevail. But it, it, we'll call it 2 1. Okay, fair enough. Dave, what about you? Hart says we'll win 2 1. Head says probably lose 2 0. Right. <laughs> Um, and I, I, I'll stick with my, I'll, <laughs> I'll stick with my prediction that I said on 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 another West Ham podcast, which is that West Ham will win two one. Um, I just think the, the the gap of divisions, the gap of quality. If I think if you turn up with whatever team you play, if you turn up and and apply yourselves, I think you'll be too much for us. Um, it's it's completely different to when we played you in '96. Uh, when we were only two divisions behind you, and, and you weren't performing very well in the in the in the Premier League, and we were we had a we had a promotion winning season. So, yeah, I think uh, I think we'll go for that. Right, I'll finish up there. Given all the technical issues we've had, um, can I just say a massive thanks to Graham and Gordon from Knees Up Mother Brown for coming onto the podcast. It's a, been a real pleasure, gents. Thanks very much. Hopefully, we'll meet you at some point either in another cup competition or if we get into the Premier League for one season, as, as, as these teams on the rise do with loads of money. We might even see you then. Maybe come down for a pint. Thank you very much, gents. Um, take care. Speak to you soon. Cheers, fellas. Thank you. Bye now. Cheers. Bye.
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.